apocalypse. And, uh, uh-oh, there we go. You know, I like to be upbeat. I want to be positive. But, you know, there are parts of the Word of God that uh, are not positive. Did y'all hear me? What a mess. That's okay. This is not my problem. Here we go. How, how about if we do something like this? Because it hurts my back. Boy, that's a nice slick floor we got. You know what I'm saying? Look at that. That's amazing. Sorry. Better me do that than bend over and break my back this morning. Amen? Come on, it ain't happening. Here we go. So anyway, I've been in a, in a series called The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse in the book of Revelation. Four horsemen. And uh, so today's the black horse. And there is judgment coming. Okay? Today's the only day we know we have. If more of us live like that, we'd have a better place. We'd have a better family, better church, better town. But we just presume we got all whenever. You don't know what you got. Matter of fact, the Bible says that when we think we've got tomorrow, it's called sin when we think that way. We need to live in the now and not presume. But we do know one thing. Dark days are going to be coming. Why? Because the Bible says so. Y'all hear me yes or no? People aren't just going to continue to reject Jesus Christ, make up their own way, live like they want to live, and then all it'll all work out in the end. It's going to work out in the end, all right, God's way. So let's go to the Word now, and we're going to look at this third horseman today, the black horse. Let's go see it. By the way, this isn't something I've made up. I'm from the country, okay? Are you kidding me? I sure couldn't make this up, all right? It's crazy. Let's look at it. The book of Revelation is the last book in your Bible. 22 chapters. Matter of fact, there's a blessing right at the beginning of this book. If you read this book and keep the words of this prophecy, you will receive blessing. It's one of the few books in the Bible that talk to us about heaven. It shows you what heaven's like. How do you know there's no night in heaven? Because the book of Revelation says so. How do you know there's no tears in heaven? Because the book of Revelation says so. But I don't want to read that book. It's too spooky. I don't understand it. You miss all kinds of blessings. And that's life too, guys. Well, it's too hard. I don't want to... Hey, it's the hard things in life that really are the things that bless us many times. Amen? How many were blessed because you went through hard things in your life? I'm hard times, but you made it on the other side. Amen? Let's praise the Lord. Come on. Come on. Come on, church. Help me. All right? So... There's a blessing for all of us that read this book. So us taking time to study, and I'm not going to study it forever, but I'm definitely going to deal with these four horsemen, and we'll probably do some other things as well. So the word apocalypse and the word revelation mean the same thing. So this isn't a spooky word, apocalypse. That's what the word is. It's the word revelation. Both of these words mean unveiling or revealing things to come. Now, we're just going to rapid fire some comments. We've already been studying this. I can't take it all day. The first, first horseman of the apocalypse is the what? Help me. White horse. And I believe represents deception specifically in the person and spirit of the who? Antichrist. We saw that. And I saw and behold a white horse. He that sat on him had a bow and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. And he conquers politically through his charisma and ability. He will gain what? World recognition. Chaotic world conditions are going to call for such a leader, and he'll be propelled to the top. That's why people ask me, do you think 
the Lord's coming is soon. I absolutely do. I believe it could be today. I'm going to live that way. We believe in the imminent return of Christ here at Fellowship Church. Absolutely. I also believe in the imminent going of Gary to heaven. Okay? If something happens to me today, that's where I'm going to be. Amen? Don't worry about me. Got it? Yes or no? All right? So Jesus could come today. He could call me home today. He could call you home today. Y'all hear me? Yes or no? Okay? Are we living in the end times? I absolutely believe so. Under the Antichrist's leadership, he'll bring what seems to be like, say it with me, real peace to what? To where? If there's one place in the world today that's a powder keg, you wouldn't say, well, it's South America. It's Australia. It's Canada. No. You would say it's the what? The Middle East. That's what the Bible said 2,000 years ago. Isn't that funny? Isn't that uh, this big old gigantic planet? Well, look at that. Interesting. He's going to bring what seems to be real peace. But then the second horseman we saw last time, the red horse, comes on the scene, which is just prophecy fulfilling and what's happening in the end times, which I, I believe represents dissension and war. So you've got deception through a leader, and through Satan and his forces. And now all hell's going to break loose in the world and especially in the Middle East. How many thinks that is a far out idea that all hell could break loose in the Middle East? Do you think that's a pretty reasonable thing that all hell could break loose in the Middle East? Yes or no? Say. Oh, no, it's nice. How many of y'all got your little ticket to go over there? Say. You hear me? Say. It's a mess. And places we didn't even think of, like Syria. A few years ago, we weren't thinking Syria. Were we, yes or no? We didn't like Assad's daddy that much. Remember him? Okay? But we didn't think that was going to be the thing. And then, then, you know, in Libya. Well, guess what? All those places are the Middle East, guys. And probably when we were growing up, especially some of you that's older than me, you probably never thought that it would be Islam. You probably thought it would be Russia. Oh, but don't forget, Russia's there, aren't they? Yes or no? Are they there? It's, it's a lot going on over there. So all hell's going to break loose in war like we've never seen before. And he opened the second seal. I heard the second beast say, come and see. And there went out another horse that was what? Red. And power was given unto him that sat thereon to take what from the earth? Peace. This so-called peace that comes to the Middle East where everybody's going to be so happy and, and crown this guy, you know, world leader. Well, that peace is going to be taken because it was all a lie. It was all a sham. Okay? And that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And we talked about that last week. Somewhere around the middle of the tribulation period, the what seems to be like peace in the Middle East will be what? It'll be broken. Seems like this first three and a half years, like, wow, wow, this is great. And all of a sudden... Things are just going to unravel and unravel very quickly. And open an unbelievable hostility would break out as we've never seen before. And we've seen some things. But you know what? We haven't. Unless you were over there. You've been insulated and isolated over here in the United States. Still going to McDonald's and getting your coffee. Yes or no? I did it this morning. But let all this really happen and it's going to change your world. This is what the Bible says. 
There should be no doubt among thinking people for the possibility of a catastrophic all-out war in the Middle East as prophesied in the Bible. If you say, Gary, you're nuts. There's not going to be all-out war in the Middle East. I'm not the one who's crazy. You are. Did you hear me? Back in the day, old preachers would preach like this 50, 75 years ago, and they'd get laughed at. Well, the laugh's on you now if you don't believe. You hear me? All you got to do is turn on the Internet, turn on the TV. That's all you got to do. You see it before your eyes in living color. All-out mess happening over there. It can and will happen, but when? When will the tribulation period take place? When will the Antichrist come on the scene? When will all these things take place? We don't know, but Jesus said it this way. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of your coming, and the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no what? Man deceive you. We've already talked about that. Deception will happen. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. I am in Christ. I am Christ. And they shall deceive what? Many. As I've said before, two billion Muslims are right to billion out of the six and a half billion on the planet of people. Two billion Muslims are sitting dead ready for Antichrist to come. Now they call him the Mahdi. And he will destroy Israel and Christians. Our Bible calls him the Antichrist. Y'all hear me? It puts everything into perspective. It sounds ugly like I'm being ugly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if in 620 Mohammed had heard stories and he chose this guy, the Mahdi from the Bible, the Antichrist, to be his good guy. I'm sorry. Y'all hear me? Yes or no? That's what happens when you follow a fellow that was illiterate and can't read or write. You come up with something that's not true. Hello? Yes or no? Tough talk. I mean, some of you are like, I'm leaving. It's okay. I'm just telling you, this idea of, of the Antichrist coming is not going to be rejected like a lot of people think. It's going to be accepted. A lot of people are excited. They're sitting dead ready. Two billion already. And then take another two billion that don't know squat. At least. Amen? And this is going to come like a thief in the night. He says, you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things, what? Must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in divers places. And these, all these are the beginning of sorrows. So, having laid the background now, we went through the white horse, the red horse, Let's keep moving forward today. The four horsemen of the apocalypse. Here we go. Y'all all right? Yes or no? I know. I, you know, you come here, you want to get a cheerleading message. This isn't it today. Amen? It's the Bible. I had one lady tell me that she went to a church, was very active, solid for many years, Bible teaching church. They never, ever talked out of the book of Revelation. How many would say that's the way you, you've heard? You've never heard much out of the book of Revelation. Can I see your hand if that's the truth? Look at that. It's a large part of our audience today. Is it in the Bible? Yes or no? Okay, so sure, we need to talk about it. Do I have all the answers? No. Could I get some of it wrong? Yes. But am I trying? Mm-hmm. 
Let's keep trying. The black horse. And by the way, this isn't Gary trying on his own. This isn't me just in my office with a Bible going, ooh, tell me what it's saying. No, 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 no. Trust me. I had a lot of backup help on this. Amen. Come on. Because I don't want to be off in la-la land somewhere kookyville. Amen. Say. I want to rightly divide the word as much as I can. Here's the black horse. So if the white horse is deception and the red horse is dissension and war, the black horse, say it with me, is what? What happens after war? It's usually what? Devastation. You think war happens and everything looks great once the, all the buildings are bombed? No, it's devastating. The third horseman of the apocalypse is the black horse, which I believe represents, say it with me, devastation and famine. How hard is this to imagine? Look at Syria right now, living color right before your eyes. Right now on your television. And you got Mosul and you got Iraq, but right now it's all these Syrians with the war that's going on. And they're so displaced. They're going out to sea and trying to make it. And you're seeing dead bodies of little babies on the, on the shoreline. Is that true? Yes or no? It is true. Countries are devastated by what's happening in little Syria. Now we're talking the whole Middle East though. Devastation's coming. Keep looking. Those scales, we're going to talk about them. And when he opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and help me, and lo, a black horse. Say that next part with me. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny. Three measures of barley for a penny. See thou hurt not the oil and the wine. What is this talking about? You just read through it like that and you go, what? Trust me, I'm just like you. I've got to dig deeper. I've got to get help. I've got to find things. Compare Scripture. Now, as a result of the horrible bloodshed that's going to take place due to all-out war during the tribulation period, when Antichrist has come... The peace treaty was made. Everybody's holding hands and singing kumbaya. But he really shows his real face. And Israel is being attacked. And Christians and all that whole area. Destroyed. Devastated. As a result of the horrible bloodshed that takes place due to all-out war, devastation is going to naturally follow. This war will not only kill millions of men, women, and children, but it will also destroy valuable farmlands. It will demolish manufacturing and merchandising businesses. This is what will happen. These armies will kill people and devastate the economy. It's only what? I mean, why is America... One of the reasons we've been blessed... Has this been a long time since we had war on our soil? Yes or no? War's always been somewhere else. And that's on purpose. We want to keep it somewhere else, don't we say? But we can't see this. But if, you, if I was talking to an audience today in Syria, in Jordan, in Turkey, they would have no problem. They wouldn't even need slides. Amen? This is what will happen. 
A war-torn society always faces, always faces shortages of water, food, and basic life necessities. One of the things traveling the Middle East many, many times, I've been over there many times, the one thing they have a shortage of is water. And they have a shortage of land, farmland, to, to make food. Can you imagine? It's not like America, guys. We got everything. They don't. They barely make it as it is. And this war is going to take place. And there's going to be famine like we've never seen before. Famine to us in the United States looks like this. Mass starvation in remote third world countries. We don't see it here in this country. Do we have homeless people? Yes. But do we have, generally speaking, little children walking around, skeleton bodies with bloated bellies? We don't. I saw a homeless guy the other day at McDonald's. Sitting there and I'm talking. He said, are you a pastor? I said, I am. We started talking. He's 21. He's in so much better shape than me, it ain't even funny. I told him to get a job. Yeah. I said, you can work right here at McDonald's. They're paying $9 an hour right here. Let's walk up to the desk, you and me now. Man, where I came from, $9 times $8, eight, eight hours a day, that's 70, is that $72? Or is that $81? That's $81. That's $81 times five days a week. You're talking money, ain't you? I talked to him. I was nice. But do I feel overly sorry? No. That's to me what homelessness and stuff looks like. I know it's worse. I know I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I know it's worse in, lot, in other areas. But it's nothing like this. Yes or no? Say. This is heartbreaking. When I think of famine... We see small children with emaciated bodies, bloated bellies, with skeletal bones protruding and flies buzzing around, sullen, staring faces. This is our world now. It's going to be even so much worse. Keep looking. It's hard to look at for very long. And I thought about it this morning. Am I going to put these pictures up this morning? I thought, well, I am. This is mild. What's horribly sad is that in many countries, they're often powerful, and at least he's dead, that top joker, amen, say. Excuse me. What's horribly sad is that in many of these countries, they're often the powerful and elite group of rulers who hoard the nation's wealth and resources while setting fat and happy as, as the masses perish. Amen, say. We see that. So what this is talking about. I believe the black horse, after this war breaks out, famine. Can you say that with me? Famine. So, white horse, Antichrist. Red horse, war. Black horse, famine. Got it? Yes or no? In case you wonder, what's the four horsemen of the apocalypse about? Well, you know more than most people right now. Say, amen. Famine. We don't know much about famine. Now, I grew up in hard times. I grew up, Gary Clark grew up in hard times. My hard times... We're like having a Cadillac compared to the, the, this other world that's out there, these, this, this, these third world countries. Amen, say. Hard times for me was not having any meat to eat. We ate vegetables. Amen? How many grew up like that? You ate vegetables. And to have meat was a, was a thrill. Amen? Yeah. Hard times was growing up in a bad part of town. But I had a house. I didn't live in a tent. Say how many in my audience today grew up, you grew up as a boy or as a girl, living, and you lived in a tent? You just lived in a tent. That's all y'all had was a tent. 
That's all y'all had was a tent. I don't see one hand in this audience that grew up living in a tent. Put your hand out, son. You ain't living in a tent. Slap him right there. Would you pop him in the head? He's trying to bring humor to this very dark message today. Thank you, son. Famine. We don't know much about it. Is that the truth? Famine facts. Just because you don't know much about it, this is not that far off, guys. Oh, man, it's going to happen one day, but it's not today. Are you kidding me? There are 7.5 billion in the world. And I didn't know there's that many people. Is there 7.5 billion? Wow. I thought it was like 6.5. Over 800 million are malnourished. 29,000 children under the age of five die every single day. 29,000 children under the age of five die every single day in our world because they don't have enough to eat. Guys, this isn't far off. It's just we're removed from it. But the Bible wasn't just written for America. That's why I got a problem with TV preachers. Name it, claim it, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't work for those people, does it? Guys, there's a big world out here. A lot of suffering. This isn't that far off. Keep looking. That's 1,208 children every hour. By the time we get done, probably about 1,400 kids will have died because they didn't have enough to eat in our one hour that we met together. Tough. The number one reason for hunger and malnourishment is what? Poverty. Don't you think if they had the money, they'd go buy it? More than one billion people live on less than a dollar a day. One-seventh of the world lives on less than a buck a day. One dollar. Sixty percent of the world's population lives on five percent of the world's income. Well over half, over half of our world lives on that little bit of five percent. That leaves ninety-five percent. The other 40% of the world's population live on the remaining 95% of the world's income. And most of those, probably of that 40, 35% have basically nothing. That's the 5%. Not trying to be political. I'm just saying that's us. That's America and that's other countries that are, that are doing okay. Y'all hear me, yes or no? So there's already a what in our world? Y'all are sleeping on me today. There's already a famine. I don't know about this political leader that's going to come along. Are you kidding me? I don't know about a crisis in the Middle East. Are you kidding me? I don't know about war breaking out in the Middle East. Are you kidding me? I don't know about famine in, in our world today. Are you kidding me? Are you seeing how the Bible's not wild-eyed and that far off after all? Yes or no? Say. Y'all listening or not? See, as long as the Bible's crazy, and you know, that's crazy, that book of Revelation. So we don't open it, we don't read it, and we can stay like we are in our little old cocoon. We're told, don't let this day overtake you like a thief in the night. Okay? Don't, it's going to happen. How are we supposed to live then? This, by the way, is Revelation, not Matthew. 
And when he opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see, and behold, a little black horse, and he that suddenly have a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see that you hurt not the oil and wine. What's this passage talking about? And i got to fly now. The black horse. The word black. The word black or, or blackness is found 23 times in your Bible. Describing the sky, hair, cloth, marble, skin, night, ravens, seed, and horses. That's how many times it's found in your Bible. That's what it's talking about. Blackness seems to most often speak of, say it with me, darkness. Darkness. The Israelites used blackness to signify the mourning of men. Why? Due to scarcity. Want and famine. That's what they use this word for. Jeremiah 14. Judah mourns and the gates thereof languish. They are black unto the ground. And the cry of Jerusalem is gone up. Speaks of famine and mourning and people starving to death. Why do you call this black horse, Pastor Clark? Famine. Well, it's a natural progression of what takes place with the white, the red, now the black. But also, the word black itself and the text here speaks of this. Lamentations. Our skin was black. Say it with me. Like a what? Oven. Because of the terrible what? Famine. That's why we say that. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses. And as horsemen, so shall they run. Keep looking. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap, like the noise of a flame of fire that devours a stubble as a strong people set in battle array. Before their face the people shall be much pained. All faces shall gather what? Blackness. Y'all with me? The black horse. Keep looking. We're just unpackaging this verse. So, there appeared a black horse had a pair of balances in his hand, in his right hand. What's that got to do with anything? Well, the Greek word for these balances, and I don't know Greek, I have to look it up, is the word zugon, which literally means yoke, as in the yoke of an ox. Let's keep looking. You see that ox right there. What's a balance? It's a beam of balance that looks like what's between these oxen. See it right there? Y'all see it? Yes or no? Isn't that amazing? That's what one of those balanced things look like. It looks like that thing that's between those oxen. But it ain't that thing that's between the oxen. It just looks like what's between the oxen. There's one right there. On each side of the beam would be a pan in which contents are added to be weighed. Let me ask you this. How many remember in your life going to stores, buying something somewhere through your lifetime, and they weighed it on one of these little suckers? Can I see your hand? So it happens, right? Yes or no? Has it happened? Yeah. Sure. Here's the, here's the kicker. From ancient times to about a hundred years ago, that's the way they did it. Up till about a hundred years ago, stuff was weighed like this on scales. The value of the quality. How apropos is the Bible? Yes or no? How, how correct is it? Yes or no? Say. Up to a hundred years ago? People bought or sold items by weight or measure, not based on currency like today. I remember the hardware store in the middle of Rockingham. 
we'd go up there and Mama would buy silver queen corn seed. That's that purple corn. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Say, the silver queen. And she'd buy the little okra seeds. And that's what we primarily grew was corn and okra on our little land. We didn't have a farm, but we had, we had more than we could eat and we sold some of it. And they'd put it right there on that little scale thing. It smelled sort of funny in there. All those seeds and everything, I can still smell it. And the old wood floor. How many remember stuff like that? You know what I'm talking about. See? When scales are mentioned in measuring bread, though, that's one thing we didn't do. I never went to the grocery store and they threw a thing of bread on the scale. I never did that. When this is mentioned in measuring bread, it's a symbol of what? Scarcity, because bread would normally be sold by the what? Loaf and not the exact weight on a scale. During a famine, however, each ounce of flour will be extremely valuable and rationed by measure. That's another reason it's saying this, I believe. Leviticus. And when I have broken the staff of your bread, ten women shall bake your bread in one oven. And they shall deliver you your bread again by what? Wait. And you shall eat and you'll not be what? You won't be getting enough. See, we live in America where my problem is not getting enough to eat. My problem is eating like a pig. How many have that problem? Good. You see what I'm saying? I know this takes us by surprise today or maybe a little negative or a lot negative. There's no doubt about it. But the point is it's because we don't live there. But there is coming a day when all this will come to pass. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, behold, I will break the staff of bread in Jerusalem. They shall eat bread by what? Wait. And with care, and they shall drink water by what? Can you imagine not being able to go to a water spigot and just turn that thing on and drink? But they're telling you you get this much, and that's all you get, and that's all you're going to get. Yeah, but I'm still thirsty. It doesn't matter. It's all you get. Gone. Well, that's happening in our world already. The black horse. Keep looking. A measure of wheat. So we looked at the black horse. We looked at the scales. And now this statement. A measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. From this verse. A measure is equal to our what? Quart. A penny was not our penny. See, there again, we're Americans. A penny, a penny. No, 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 no. A penny was a Roman denarii, which was equal to your whole day's wage. You worked all day, all day for a quart. And at the end of the day, you were still hungry. You hear me? Keep pushing, buddy. One quart of wheat will sell for a day's wage. A quart's the amount that a normal man needs to what? Survive. And trust me, I don't know this stuff. I have to look it up and find out and read about it. Just sharing it with you today. In Romans' time, a day's wage would buy eight quarts of wheat or 24 quarts of barley. That's during Roman times. So these are worse than Roman times. And, and that wasn't a picnic. Imagine bread costing 16 to $20 a loaf. Now, a lot of you say, oh, I can't imagine that. 
I don't know. I think we can imagine it better than we used to could. Amen? Yes or no? Say. Is that, is that true? Yes or no? Absolutely. More expensive food items will not be in short supply. More expensive food items won't be in short supply because most people ain't going to be able to buy them. I imagine growing up as a boy in Carolina, there was a lot of stuff in the grocery store I never had. We never knew about it because Mama didn't go there. Just aisles we didn't go down. Amen. Say, I never knew what it was to have a filet mignon. And I'm sort of thankful for that. You know why? Because I can still get that deal for $9.99 at Outback. (laughs) Sirloin steak to me tastes like filet mignon. I know it might not to some of y'all. Now, once in a while, I'll get me a filet. Amen? But, but the point is, is that I'm thankful for times that I looked at back on. They were sort of hard times. You, are you kidding me? You're going to give me a, a sirloin steak with a big old baked pota- with, with a sweet potato with all that uh, cinnamon and butter on it. And you're going to give me a salad with ranch dressing. And I'm going to eat all the bread I can eat for $10. I'm going. <laughs> Amen. Say, come on. And I don't need the big steak because I'll just eat other stuff. I'll be full when I leave. That's another story. Keep looking. So there's not going to be the expensive things. Hurt not the oil and the wine. More expensive food items will be in short supply because most people, again, aren't going to be able to afford them. Keep looking. Push, push, push. Although oil and wine provide additional nutritional value, and that was mentioned, hurt not the oil and wine. They were nutritional value and were staples in the Middle Eastern diet. An average man will spend all he has during these difficult days of the tribulation just on what? Flour. The black horse. And I heard the third beast say, and when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see, and behold, a black horse. He that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And the first beast was like a lion. The second beast like a calf. Say that next part with me. The third beast had the face of a, of a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. Things that I don't really understand, guys. The third beast had the face of a man. It had the face. We're talking about famine. And here's what I got from that. Famine has a human face. Say that with me. Famine has a human face. Don't you think about famine. And what really rips at our gut is seeing that face and those eyes. Is that true, yes or no? And I care about animals and things like that. But famine has a human face. It's no doubt 2,000 years ago, that's what the book of Revelation said, the face of a man. This will be a horrific time on planet Earth, guys. I know if y'all, you, I'm telling you, this, this will make you want to go out and drink something on it. So, I went to church today. It was terrible. I can hear you saying it all over town. The black horse. Well, what does this have to do with me now? We're done. What does this have to do with me now? Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I'll send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the word of the Lord. 
That's what we have. And I'm not saying we, we're blessed in this country to hear the gospel and churches all over this country. But there are a lot of churches that aren't preaching the gospel today. You go there and you'll starve to death. Yes or no? Say. You won't hear the Bible at all. Yeah, it's the truth. We, I did not give my... I'm only on this planet for so much time. I don't want to have a church that doesn't teach the Bible. Y'all hear me? Yes or no? When you come in here, you're going to hear the Bible. You might hear it from a country point of view. You might have to put up with me. But the bottom line, you're going to hear the Bible. Amen? Come on. Praise the Lord. That's what we want to do. We don't want a famine here. We don't want you going out here. Now, sometimes people don't like me. They'll go, well, I, you know, I go there and I don't get nothing. Well, you don't get nothing because you've got a big old blockhead or something. Don't blame it on me. Don't blame it on me. Say, I've heard a lot of preaching in my life, and the preaching we do here is pretty dang good. Okay? Not that I'm great, but I'm telling you, we try to make things understandable. So, you can, you can hear today, and you're not going to starve to death if you come to Fellowship Church. Amen. Yes or no? Okay? Come on. That's the plan here. So, that's what we've got to make sure we're doing. Teaching the Word. They shall wander from sea to sea, from north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. I can't tell you the number of people tell me they come from up north and there's hard. They, they come from certain parts where they have a hard time finding a Bible teaching church. Not so here. Not so in Inglewood, Florida. Not so. There's a lot of great churches that teach the word of God all throughout this area. I praise God for that. A famine in the land of hearing the word of the Lord. Keep looking. Push me, buddy. Let's get personal. Darkness or light? Which characterizes your life today? Darkness or light? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Is that you? Or is this you? And this is a condemnation that lights come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Which one is it for you today? John 3.16 or John 3.19? I want John 3.16 for me. Amen? Have you been transported from darkness into light? But ye, brethren, are not in darkness. That that day should not overtake you as a what? Be alert. Be wise. For you were sometimes in darkness or were darkness. But now you are what? Light in the Lord. You're to walk now as children of what? What does the message do for me today like this? It means I've got to get out there and share the gospel. I need to be light where I go. This is really happening. It's happening in the world today. I I don't know when the Lord's coming, but I want to be a good steward. Amen? Say, that's what I want to be. A pair of scales. How do you measure up spiritually today? Okay, we'll pass that. There's a lot of Scripture there. Basically, it's over in Daniel, and it was the writing on the wall. Many, many tickle you farson was written on the wall, and Belshazzar came up short. And it says, this night, your soul's required of you. And that night, he lost the kingdom. What about you? Do you know tonight, if you died, you're going to go to heaven? Do you know that for sure? This scale. We've lied to ourselves. We think it's good works, bad works. I hope my good works outweigh the bad works. No, here's the deal. I hope light is what I have and not darkness. Amen. Because if you're dark, there ain't no light. And if you're light, there's no darkness. Amen. What are you? Do you know Christ today? If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. Do you have light today? Wages. The, remember we talked about the penny and all that kind of stuff? Do you have money or does money have you? Are you dark or light today? 
Does money have you? You know the answer to that question. Man, it, we, should, we should let go of some of that and help people. Amen, yes or no? And reach people for Christ. The love of money is the root of all evil. While some coveting after, they, they've erred from the faith and they pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Crazy. Keep looking. Do you realize how financially you blessed you are living in this country? Yes or no? Can we thank the Lord? Come on, 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 come on. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Everything I have is because of Him. Faces. Do you care for people at all? Well, I wasn't raised that way. Well, then you were raised wrong. I'm sorry. We need to care for people. Yes or no? Amen. Say. All people. I mean, we can't have truth. I think I told the fellow that's 21 years old that's in great shape. I think I told him the truth the other day at McDonald's. Didn't mean I didn't care. I did care. That's why I talked to him. I'm not just going to pat him on the head. Do we care for people? Need to care, guys. Do their stares matter to you? Can people see Jesus in your face? Amen. Yes or no? Can they see Him in your face? Oh, He, he can show up in your face if you, if you want Him to. Amen? As the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my what? Love, Jesus says. This is my commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You're my friends if you do whatever I've commanded you to do. Amen? Love one another. Can you say that with me and we're done? I want to... For Jesus. Can we say it one more time? I want to... That's what I want for our church. Pretty, pretty tough message today. How many of you did... You don't necessarily understand all the book of Revelation, but you have a little better understanding of maybe what we talked about this morning. Amen? Come on, let's praise the Lord. Come on. Come on, praise the Lord with me. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's stand together. We're going to close.